For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a beautiful Michigan Wednesday day here in March. I think I heard this morning, sun doesn't go down till 644. We're inching closer and closer to uh, summer and not having to use as much gas to heat our house. The reason I bring that up is because everything is exploding through the roof, even more when it comes to energy. But let's look at, well, some positive news. As many of you know, I like to start off my show with positive news if I can. Apparently, Michigan motorists, we could be receiving those $400 auto insurance, the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association refund check, as early as this week, according to Whitmer. So that's good news. We're all getting these checks in time to pay for this humongous increase in gas. And we'll certainly get into that today. But also... Here's the flip side of that. The average American family, due to the Biden inflation tax, is paying $385 more a month. A month. So this $400 will take care of one month of the average family's increase in the Biden inflation. And I, I actually, I shouldn't just give that credit just to Biden. It's the Biden and the Democrats. All the economists out there, all of them, or there's a wide consensus of economists are all saying it was the $1.9 trillion expenditure by the Democrats last March. That was the last straw on the camel's back that brought us this huge increase in inflation. And all of you see it when you go to the stores. And that's going to, I hope, open the eyes of these people who voted for Democrats last time. You know, unfortunately, not enough people listen to talk radio, especially me, to learn all the top issues that are going on out there, to put things in context, to gain from the experience that I've had over the years in learning how this all works. And they don't see or they don't hear What's going on? They don't hear the repercussions, especially if they only listen to mainstream manipulative media. I've stopped calling them news because they're not. They're only going to hear the one favored side. But they see with their own eyes and they're paying with their own pockets. The inflation, the Biden slash Democrat inflation tax. Now, if... They didn't pass that $1.9 trillion. And if there wasn't a consensus of economists now saying that it was due to that, that we had this huge inflation, which is only going to be even exasperated 
by what's happening in Ukraine. And that's only happening because of the Biden and Democrats' policies. And we'll eventually get into that. If they didn't pass that $1.9 trillion, I would have said it was the Democrats and Republicans and Trump's increase in all the money they spent in the year before. I'm nothing but honest. So that $400 check is coming, but you've already been paying an additional $385 a month just to live and buy many of the same products you had before. And now we're told because... Biden and the Democrats took us off dependency, our, our self-reliance when it comes to energy, that you'll be paying an extra $2,000 a year for gas. Four twenty-five when I came in this morning. So, yes, we start off with one good thing, but... We have to be honest in what's actually happening out there. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today or a question or a point or put it into context, just give us a call. I, uh, I had some fun with some pieces I wrote today and published. So it's not your typical political stuff. It's just a little bit of fun. I read a piece the other day in the Grand Rapids Press about a robbery that occurred in Lansing or in the area of Lansing, Michigan. But I think the people involved were from Grand Rapids, and that's why they played it. And when I first heard of this robbery, I immediately thought of all of the Hollywood movies that I have watched during my life. You know, a man who drives an armored van, or in this case, a courier van, filled with cash, is robbed, and the police believe he may be involved. That all happened in the Lansing area last month on February 15th. And that was reported by the Grand Rapids Press. From court documents, they said, quote, the driver told police... He was driving in the area of Okemos Road and the Red Cedar River when he saw a following SUV with the driver repeatedly flashing the lights and honking the horn. The courier pulled over, telling police he thought he may have been in an accident with the SUV, end quote. And as I said in the piece I wrote, okay, let me see if I get this right. You're driving around what is described as an a cash in transit van with over $1 million of cash in the back. And someone's honking their horn and flashing their lights and you think it's a good idea to pull over. Do I have this correct so far? Then according to the article, the driver, quote, stepped out of the van to look for damage and began talking to the SUV driver. When he got back into the driver's seat, another man was in the passenger seat holding a rifle similar to an AR-15. The courier told police he was instructed to drive to a church parking, parking lot where he then opened a currency safe in the back. Two men, both wearing masks and hooded sweatshirts, then made off with the cash believed to total more than $1 million, end quote. Didn't see that one coming, did you? 
You know, you wonder why the police were a bit suspicious. So after watching a video from inside of the van, they saw, quote, non-typical behavior by both the driver and the robbers. Like the robber in the passenger seat left his rifle in the seat to go watch the courier open the safe, end quote. Also, the rifle did not have a magazine in it. And as I wrote, Dr. Watkins, I think something is afoot here. The FBI were able to determine one of the drivers of the SUV when they found it abandoned in the Grand Rapids area, then discovered the brother of the driver had, quote, social media connections, end quote, with the driver of the van filled with the cash. The brilliance of these robbers didn't end there. The owner of the SUV used in the robbery was showing friends, quote, stacks of cash, end quote, a week after the robbery. Now, if they are found guilty, I would not only call these three men robbers, I would actually call them the Three Stooges. For those of you who remember the Three Stooges, and that's the picture I put on the piece that I published. It's the Three Stooges in front of a chalkboard that says two plus two equals three. So check it out if you'd like. It's kind of funny. I thought it was funny. And for some reason, it's just film day. I did not know this, but Bad Axe, which if you don't know, is located in the thumb of Michigan. It has a population about 3,000 people. They now have a documentary about an Asian-American family who has been fighting to keep their restaurant open during the COVID pandemic. It will be shown at the South by Southwest Film Festival, XXSW, in March, this month. It was reported that the son of the family who made the documentary is the one who is all excited, I should say, obviously about getting chosen. When he found out his documentary about his family, the city of Bad Axe and the struggle they went through was chosen for the 2022 South by Southwest Film Festival. What did he say? Quote, wow, this is unreal, end quote. He wanted to tell a story of his father who came from Cambodia as a child to live his American dream. He and his wife eventually started a restaurant named Rachel's Food Spirits and after many years, their business prospered. But obviously, that all changed when COVID-19 came to their shores. In March of 2020, the governor shut down all bars and restaurants. Now, the documentary is titled Bad Acts and goes through the trials and tribulations of that family. You can check it out at WBCKFM.com. You'll see. It's very easy. The picture is huge, and it says Bad Acts. And click on some of the hot links there, specifically the Bad Acts one. And uh, I think that's the one that has a preview of the movie. Oh, in fact, I have the preview embedded into the piece. I forgot about that. So I don't always have to concentrate on politics. Here's two. uh, One interesting, one great news happening right here in Michigan. 269-441-9595 is the number if you'd like to get involved with the show today. You are listening to the Live with Rank show, and I am Rank, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank, and I do appreciate that. Well, what's going on in Michigan here? Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson rejected 
some procedural revisions requested by state Republicans that would have changed the way election clerks match, match signatures of those applying for absentee ballots. So Benson and the Democrats are, are fighting against just about everything, if not everything, to bring integrity back to our elections. They specifically do not want to strengthen any signature match. They actually are trying their best to water down as much the signature match when it comes to absentee ballots. There were, I think, nine proposals. She rejected eight and accepted one. Now, what had happened is she had put forth some regulations, it's my understanding, that would weaken the integrity of our election. And one of them is, hey, if they put all X as a signature for absentee and there's an X in their name somewhere, anywhere, that should be considered, you know, cool. And it's just as bad as that. I know I'm exaggerating there, but it is almost as bad as that. So they are trying their best to keep as much integrity out of our election process. And I'm not joking about that. Now, Michigan law says a voter's signature must, quote, agree sufficiently, end quote, with, with what is on file but does not elaborate. Yeah, and I agree. That's ridiculous. If they're going to make law that says must agree sufficiently, well, that is so ridiculous that these people make these laws like that. How is anyone supposed to follow that? Now, the rules which the Republicans, uh, lawmakers, can delay until after the November election, but not stop, which I'm being told is not true. So that's what uh, people in MLive and other news sources are saying, that these rules that, sh that Benson and, and Whitmer and the Democrats want to put in to decrease the integrity of our elections here, uh, that they can stop them, but for a while, pause them, but not definitely stop them. I'm being told after talking to a very smart chief of staff of some uh, of a elected politicians here in Michigan that, no, that, that's not necessarily true. They can reject them out of this, what's called JCAR, Joint Committee on Administrative Rules. And what would have to happen is Benson would have to go to, to law, to the legislature to create law and what she wants. And obviously, they don't want to go to the legislature, the left. They don't want to go to the people. They just want to make their own rules. Now, what election officials are being asked to consider is if there's, quote, redeeming qualities, end quote, between two signatures. Those include similar distinctive flourishes more matching features than non-matching features, and whether it appears the voter's hand was trembling or shaking. That is what Whitmer and Benson and the Democrats were trying to put forward. That, you know, if it doesn't match, consider they may have been trembling or shaking. Now, any of you who I hope are fair in our middle, middle left will agree with me, just as I agreed 
The law says the signature must, quote, agree sufficiently, end quote, was ridiculously written, too wide open, and needs to be corrected. Also, the fact that two signatures don't look alike, but they have some, quote, redeeming qualities, and consider that maybe those people were shaking or trembling when they were signing it, well, that just means just about every single, 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 excuse me, signature would be accepted. That's what Benson, Whitmer, and the Democrats want. Rules would also instruct officials to consider explanations for differences in signatures, such as aging, slight changes over time, and the use of initials. Again, think about that. This is what a rule. And all of you who thought I was just being a meanie-weenie, uh, far-right nut when I said they're trying their best to reduce and reduce integrity in our elections. Now what do you think? When two signatures don't match, they're supposed to, and this came from Benson, consider, well, these people may be older now, look at their age, um, slight changes over time happen, and, you know, maybe they're just using their initials now. Now, do you think I'm far right nut who believes that the integrity of our election is trying to be destroyed by Benson, Whitmer, and the Democrats? So look for, re if they don't look alike, look for redeeming qualities. Consider that they may be trembling or shaking. Consider age. Consider that, well, with age, slight cha changes happen over time. And consider the use of initials. That's what Benson was pushing for. And Whitmer and the Democrats. Benson also declined the panel's suggested changes to rules related to online absentee ballot applications she made available to voters in 2020. Republicans had questioned letting people use a stored digital signature or upload their own version instead of signing in ink. Again, now do you see why my conclusion is 100% true, in my opinion, after giving, all you, giving you these facts, that they don't even want these people to sign these applications in ink. They can consider using a stored digital signature or upload their own version of them signing it. So now what's happening since the state legislatures on these joint committee on administrative rules. So what happens is when she came up with her new rules to basically say, if they put an X as a signature and there's an X somewhere in their name, that's cool. If they put in, uh, I don't know, you uh, Wheel of Fortune people, what is the T's, the S's, and the R's? If there's a T, an S, an R, anything, and it's in their name, you should consider that. Consider aging. Consider them using their use of initials. Consider slightly changes over the line, and then you decide if it's the same. Oh, yeah. Also, they don't have to actually sign these applications they can upload their own signature. 
Well, all those went to the state legislature and the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules. They rejected them, came out with their own. She accepted one out of nine, and I'll tell you about that one. Now, if she wants to move forward with trying to take out as much integrity, if any is left in our elections here in Michigan, she has to do it through the law process, lawmaking process, meaning she has to go to the legislatures. And good luck with that. I'll give you the one she did accept coming up right after this. You're listening to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank Show. Sometimes I wonder, uh, is there anybody in these brains of these people that think uh, that you're going to bring? Because they... They say they're bringing integrity, that's being the left, back to our elections here in Michigan by watering down what a signature can be. It makes no sense. And these great reporters that have access to these people, because Benson, Whitmer, the rest of them, they won't come on my show. They don't ask the question, please explain how that helps with the integrity of our elections. As I was saying before, there were some rules that Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson were, was attempting to enshrine. You know all those rules that they said this is only for COVID. After that's done and over with, we're not going to ask to implement them. Those, they're asking to implement them. They were rejected by the state legislatures on the JCAR Committee, Joint Committee on Administrative Rules. They had some of their own. She has rejected eight out of nine. Everyone that tried to bring integrity back into the elections, she rejected. All hers tried to uh, take integrity out of our election. The one she did accept, and I think that was because she lost a case in this, she did agree to implement a Republican-requested revision that will remove language that allows election workers to presume the uh, validity of a signature. So she actually said in the last election, when you look at someone's signature, your automatic default must be that it's correct. And then you need to prove that it's not correct. So you're automatically should believe that this person is guilty unless you can prove they're not guilty. Or some would say innocent unless you can prove they're not guilty. But in this case, because what they're asking to do, I would use the guilty one. That's the one she said, all right, all right. They, ha they don't start from the premise that every signature is correct and you got to disprove it. What they should do is just determine that not everyone is correct or incorrect. Just compare it. 269-441-9595 if you'd like to join us today. Something else that passed. During an election year, during these election years lately, we've been seeing a lot of petitions, right? Petition drives, sign our petitions. It seems to be growing and growing and growing, the number of them. And was it yesterday I had Fred Zolok on air 
with uh, Let Michigan Kids Learn or Let Michigan Kids... I forgot exactly. I'm sorry. It's a petition that you guys should look at and seriously sign. They're going to ask you to sign two, and it's basically going to set up Michigan student opportunity accounts so the less fortunate people uh, can partake in this pool of money that will not be public, private donations, and they can use it for many, many, many uh, things dealing with school. Could it be private school? Yes. Again, it's pub- It's private money, not public. But it can also be tutors. It could be transportation, a whole lot of things. Wi-Fi, computer, laptops. So more of those are popping up all over the place every election now. So apparently the legislatures, legislators in Michigan decided they need to do something about it. So the Senate, state Senate approved a bill with unanimous support in the vote last week that will bring what they say is transparency to these petitions. And the House unanimously passed the bill yesterday that would require regular updates to the public on the status of these campaigns. Now, I don't know if this is good or bad. I I don't know why they are doing this. Republican from uh, Zealand, Rep. Slag, said, quote, this bill is about transparency. Currently, when petition signatures are submitted to the Secretary of State for any voter initiative or referendum, there's nothing that requires the Secretary of State or the Bureau of Elections to keep the public informed of where that process is at, end quote. So apparently now they're going to have to give updates every 30 days. It would require the Secretary of State's office to post a summary of the voter initiative petitions online within two business days after they have filed. No, I I like that. Sounds like a good idea. If a petition sponsor seeks and obtains approval from the Board of State canvassers for the petition, which they have to, the language and all has to get approved at the state or the board of state canvassers. And then it goes out to the streets for collecting signatures. It says um, that the, I, I caught myself in the middle of something here, obtains approval from the board of state canvasser for the petition summary that appears at the top of the signature collection form. The board approved language would replace the summary from the secretary of state. So, after two days of filing, whatever the summary is, it's up. It's on the website. You'll be able to see the Secretary's website showing you the different petition drives. Once the State Board of Canvassers approves their language, and that's what ha- goes on those signature sheets, then that replaces the summary that was there before. And it would also require the Secretary of State's office to update a petition status online every 30 days. So that's just a little bit of, uh, I guess, cleanup that they're doing. Now this. How much money during this COVID pandemic did the government get out, give out to all of us, to many of us? A lot. If I remember correctly, there was 
a, a family of four or five could get 15,000, ended up getting 15,000 or more after all of the handouts from the government. And that money was there to help you pay for your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, your groceries, I don't know, on top of the $600 people receiving on unemployment. Most people, I think a majority of people, made more money off uh, not working than working. And they got the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of checks. I think everybody could agree to that. If they were unemployed during the pandemic, they were making $1,000 a week. And all those checks that just came raining in from the government. A lot of money, right? It's all to keep people afloat on the basics. It wasn't for TVs. It wasn't for stereos. It wasn't for cars. It was supposed to be there for rent, mortgage, utilities, maybe some food because they gave out extra food stamps too. So ask yourself this. If that's true... And I don't know how anybody could disagree with that. And if I'm wrong, certainly let me know. If that's true, then why would the Lansing Board of Water and Light's average monthly customer debt increase 700% for those two years? These people just stopped paying their bills. The Lansing BWL spokesperson said customers currently owe $7 million in late utility bills up from $1 million before the pandemic began. So someone please explain to me how debt goes up during a pandemic in which money is showered on you. Well, I think my opinion is that it went up because people just said, well, I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay utilities. I'm going to go buy a new stereo. I'm going to go buy a new TV. I'm going to go buy whatever to add on to my car. Whatever they spent the money on, it appears that they weren't spending on what they were supposed to be spending it on. Because prior to the pandemic, their debt was $1 million. Pandemic comes, they get an extra 600 a week, making 1000 a week in unemployment if they lost their job. And then, what, $2,400 checks rained on us, what, three times? If you had kids, you got more. And your debt goes up 700 per, And your you, the utility debt, people that owe the utility, goes up 700%. Do you find that strange? So what are they looking for? Other people to pay these people's debt. Makes no sense to me other than they weren't using the money for what it was supposed to be used for. 269-441-9595. If you can add to that, love to hear from you. You listen to Live with Ring.
Good morning. You listen to Live with Rank. Appreciate that. Let you listen to that a little bit longer. Had to take care of something. As I was bringing up before, we were showered with money, and it was our understanding, those of us who have to pay this money back via taxes, that this money was to go to during COVID, paying for your rent, mortgage, utilities, if you can't, if you've lost your job. But again, we are also making $1,000 here in Michigan a week with a lost job. And then I see that the Lansing Bureau of Water, Board of Water and Lights is saying, hey, guess what? People owed us a million dollars late, you know, in paying us a million dollars back before the COVID hit, after COVID hit, during COVID, it's now $7 million. A sevenfold increase. How does that happen? Am I missing something here? 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about, love to hear from you. Let the phones ring. Someone, I believe, will eventually answer the call. Let's go to Parchment, Michigan, and Linda. Good morning, Linda. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Rank. I had a thought as far as how that's happening. I think a lot of times people don't budget. I used to work with somebody, and she used to say, you know, anybody that gets any kind of government money, the rent slash mortgage and utilities ought to be taken out of that check or combination of checks before the person receives them, whether it be direct deposit in their bank or whatever. And that way, all of their rent and all of their utilities have automatically been paid for, and all the person has left is whatever's left after that. And if they only have $200 to live on for food, then guess what? And they need more than that, then guess what? They might have to either try to get another job, or if they can't get another job, cut back expenses. Well, I know that in the past, years ago, they used to directly pay. The state would send money directly to the utilities or what have you. They stopped that, I was told, because they were trying to teach people responsibility with their money, adults, and they would give them cash. And with that cash, they were supposed to then pay their utilities or what have you. And I assume some did and some didn't. Uh, and I, I, it was your assumption, was it not, Linda? that this money that was showered on us during pan the pandemic was to go to those basic things. Exactly. Rent, utilities, mortgage, maybe food, if you're not getting even more food stamps. There was a lot of money given out. And then to hear that this happened in Lansing, you know, unless I'm missing something here. And I don't know what that is, but, man, that's, 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 that's insane, the amount of... of debt that you're talking about there that's absolutely it just it went from one million to seven million during the pandemic in, in when two people, years it, it, when on top of that people were being showered with government free cash yeah that makes absolutely no sense i don't the only thing i can think of is like like i said people just thought okay it's government money i don't care you know, I'm not having to pay for it I, because, you know, I'm poor. I don't get, you know, have to pay taxes on anything. I'm sorry. You know, that's a really bad attitude. Even if that is the case, everybody should learn how to take budgeting class. Everybody should learn how to 
live within their means. I'm not saying you can't have some entertainment, but you have to budget for that. You might have to save, you know, put $10 a month away till you get enough money to buy a stereo. You know, people don't think like that nowadays. It's, I want it right this minute. We're in a instant gratification world now. I, yeah, I think it is that. Um, but all right. Thanks, Linda. I appreciate you calling in. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 269-441-9595. Those of you online, please hang in there. We will get to you. I want to hear from you. Lines are open. Uh, Again, maybe there's something I'm missing here. I'm open to suggestions or certainly something that I uh, could have missed. Now, on top of that, we have this. The Detroit Free Press is reporting that Birmingham Public Schools mix, miscalculated its budget by $11 million this year. Their shortfall, their estimated shortfall, and with the millions that they're being rained upon from the government, how they have any budget shortfall is beyond me. Went from 1.6 million to 14.3. That's certainly more than 11 million. The district revealed in a finance update at the end of last month, not only that they owed this money, they they were wrong by 10% to the bad. On top of that, you ready? They revealed that they've been overcharging property taxpayers in the district. And because of that, they're going to have to credit back taxpayers. So the overcharge was $2.2 million. So even with the overcharge of $2.2 million, they miscalculated under by $11 million. Now, it says here that Birmingham officials did not respond to an interview request from the Detroit Free Press, but instead shared a com- statement to the community members that the district overestimated student enrollment numbers while underestimating salary, health insurance, payroll tax, retirement, and other benefit costs. All right. Some may say you could be possibly have the overestimated student enrollment numbers. But how do you underestimate salary, health insurance, payroll tax, retirement, and other benefit costs when it's, it's fixed? You know the salaries of people working for you. You know the health insurance costs of people working for, for, for you. From there, you can determine what the retirement, payroll tax, health insurance cost would be. And yet they're still... Under by $11 million. Quote, we can and will do this transparently and responsibly with minimal impact on our students' education. We will keep our family, staff, and students updated on the situation the days ahead. End quote. That came from the superintendent of Birmingham schools. They do have a radiating fund of $20 million, but they can only use 3 to $4 million each year to address the shortfall. What are they going to do? Well, you know what they're going to do. They're going to come back and beg for more from the taxpayer, I would assume. And will anybody take responsibility and accountability for that? Well, you know the answer to that. That would be no.
269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank Show. Let's take it as top of the hour back. Come back to talk to Mickey and possibly you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.